We're going to have a story now. Each podcast, we invite somebody to tell us a story to kind of contextualize this experience inside one woman's life. Susan Shu is a storyteller in our community. She's an activist. She's a mother, and she has taken time from her schedule to share a particular poignant moment in her life. And I just wanted to thank you for taking time on a Sunday. This is a story that's a little shallow, but it's just reality. Um, it's, <laughs> it's called <laughs> Keeping Up Appearances. On an early spring day when the western parts of Los Angeles are shrouded in damp morning fog, instead of going to the gym, I took a walk outside. I was in my mid-40s. If I'd stayed in Wisconsin on the farm and small city where I grew up, I might have been a grandma by that age. But instead, I was a 45-year-old woman on the left coast who had an 11-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a newborn baby. Walking outside in the mist under the towering pine trees made me feel closer to nature than I usually do in my busy neighborhood in LA. So it was jarring, like a needle scratched across a record, to run into another woman walking who had so much work done on her face that it was impossible not to take instant inventory. I've lived in Southern California for half my life, but sometimes the obviousness, obviousness of elective plastic surgery still surprises me. Does she know she looks like that, I thought. I gave the woman, petite and covered in sunblock and a huge hat despite the fog, a nonchalant smile and walked on. Having a baby at almost 45 was a kind of declaration that I was still young, damn it but also a reminder that even in this city that worships eternal youth, I was significantly older than many new moms. I was more like the older women I'd seen, and let me be honest, the women that I had pitied when I was first a new mom, who visited the toy store wearing their work clothes and their tired, wrinkled faces, looking at baby Bjorns with sad resignation because they knew carrying a baby around in one of those contraptions would hurt their backs and probably their C-section scars. I knew they weren't grandmas because they simply looked too overwhelmed and responsible, not like the sweatpants-wearing, soap-opera-watching, crocheting grannies of my Wisconsin youth. When I first met these Los Angeles moms at the park or at a Mommy and Me group, I was shocked when I heard them talk about Botox. They were 40-plus while I was 10 years younger, and sometimes they were wife number two or wife number three. I was wife number one, and so far I'm still married to husband number one. I drew a lot of unkind conclusions about what kinds of agreements, prenups, and the unspoken kind that they had to stick to in order to remain treasured trophy wives. At 33, I, haven't give, I hadn't given much thought to Botox. Later, I would end up doing some freelance medical writing for Botox, the pharmaceutical product, <laughs> about its utility as a treatment for excessive sweating. But Botox, for its intended use as a youth preserver, creeped me out as much as a New Yorker article I'd read when I was young about body treatments like vaginal tightening that cited an unnamed, quote, Bel Air mother of three, who talked about her vaginal treatment the way other people described remodeling the bathroom or planting new trees out front. What I'm trying to say that I was, is that I was a little bit Santa Monica hippy-dippy about staying all natural all my life. I breastfed all three of my kids, and when I was a teenager and young adult, I imagined aging as becoming a bookish matron with lovely gray or white bob, better yet, having that dramatic Susan Sontag white streak and dark hair. But what I'm also trying to say is that I was an am, an am hell of judgy. But I don't want to be. I went to a college that's known for its feminism and its braininess, but still, 
I didn't have the words for what it was that I was talking about, but I got a hint of it when a woman in her 60s who had come out as a lesbian in middle age told me that even though she no longer cared for men, it was still an unwelcome surprise to become invisible to them at about the age of 50. I now know she was talking about what feminist writers call the male gaze. Do I think my husband wouldn't love me anymore or that my friends would wander away if I had gray hair and a prominent 11 between my eyebrows? No, although do you remember that any Lennox song, Keep Young and Beautiful? It's your duty to be beautiful. Keep young and beautiful if you want to be loved. It came out just as I graduated from college in 1992 and sounded funny and tongue-in-cheek at the time. Now it seems much less jaunty, especially since the patriarchy has been roaring back these last few years. How I appear matters to me, I'm embarrassed to say, maybe more for myself than for other people. When I think about why I've been okay, become okay with tinkering with nature, I think about something I heard in a psychology class. The people like me who knew they were going to college experienced, quote, real life as starting in college or after college, that they would find spouses, begin careers, and have children some years later than their high school graduate friends. This is probably another way of saying that I'm having an abnormally long, quote, youth, that the youngish woman I feel like doesn't match the tired, mature woman looking back at me in the mirror, unamused. I thought about this recently when I was at a conference for the status of women in California, and the attendees seemed divided into women over 40 and college students. The middle-aged women wore business attire, and the younger ones wore sweatshirts and jeans, or if they were dressed up, sundresses and sweaters. Wearing an embroidered floral tunic and fitted leggings, I realized I hadn't gotten the blazer memo for ladies my age. One month ago, I turned 50. For the last 10 years or so, I've been wondering how I can pull off aging gracefully. Coloring my hair started off as a lark, kind of an extension of being a little new wave in the 1980s and 90s, putting a temporary reddish or purplish wash over my Asian black hair. It was fun to change my look a little, like wearing a different lipstick shade and less permanent than a tattoo, which I cannot commit to. How I started Botox is different. A few years ago, I went to a dermatologist for a yearly skin check and to try a photo facial. Are we doing any Botox today? Said the young medical assistant. She had lips and skin that looked medically plumped up, Latin American features enhanced with eyeliner, healthy curves and a young voice. I doubted she was beyond 35. Do I need it? I asked. She smiled. It's totally up to you. I hesitated. I'll just leave that part on the form blank for now, she said, as she spread numbing cream on my face to ready me for the laser. A few minutes later, the doctor came in. She'd been recommended by a friend. The doctor was Asian like me and very pretty. She had work done, and it was good, but still evident. Examining the skin on my body and finding nothing of concern, she turned her attention to my face. You're Hoppa, huh? She said. My husband is too. Hoppas get the best of both worlds. Look at you, light, uh, light Caucasian eyes, full Asian lips. Your skin is amazing. You didn't grow up here, huh? I can tell by the lack of sun damage. <laughs> Hoppa is what we Asians and half Asians call someone who is half white and half Asian. I laughed. I knew she was evaluating me, but also selling me. But because she was my homegirl, I didn't really mind being assessed like a winning piece of fruit or a prize cow. The truth is I was open to it or I wouldn't be there. 
So I'll do the photofacial, but are we doing Botox first? Do I need it? I said again. You don't have to do anything. I do think it helps with looking more like the age that you feel. Some people think it slows down looking older. You can get a low dose or a high dose. You don't have to have this frozen look like I have, unless you want to. <laughs> she laughed. I liked that she had a sense of humor and self-awareness about herself and her job. Okay, I said. I felt a little like I'd agreed to sex, but just the tip. That was a few years ago when I was the 48-year-old mother of a three-year-old son who had just started preschool with other toddlers whose mothers were almost a generation younger than me. They were and are lovely, funny, sweet young women who have the kind of patience I had when my now 16-year-old daughter was three. I can't help wondering if they sometimes feel a little sorry for me because I'm so overwhelmed and tired so much of the time and because, despite the fact that I color my hair often enough that the gray roots don't get out of control and have a photo facial and a couple shots of Botox about three times a year, I have a few wrinkles, especially on my neck, and resting bitch face. I'm okay with my resting bitch face. The neck less so. Like that older lesbian woman who told me decades ago how strange and unpleasant it felt to become an invisible, I'm conscious of the fact that when I speak to young adults, I am their elder. Sometimes if I mention that I like a certain musician or artist or book, a person in her 20s and 30s will say, so does my mom. <laughs> it's not the same as becoming invisible, but it does, seem, uh, it does feel like being seen less for what I feel like, which is a young woman, and more like what I am, which is a 50-year-old woman. As I've gotten older, I've wanted to act my age in terms of behaving responsibly, because it seems that, being, that part of aging gracefully, knowing how you appear to others. It's not a graceful process. Recently, I started wearing clothes by a California company that embroiders flowers on most of their dresses and blouses. My 16-year-old daughter went with me once when I bought a dress, and she regarded the store with interest. I didn't know your taste was so Coachella, <laughs> she said. A few weeks later, when I was packing for a work trip on the East Coast, I looked at the garments folded in my suitcase, and a version of my daughter's words came back to me. It does look like Janis Joplin is headed to Coachella this weekend, I thought. Thank you. <laughs>